Hey everyone, welcome back to the How to Life podcast. In case you didn't know, this is the podcast that helps you learn how to maneuver through adulthood with grace and knowledge. My name is Dr. Laura Jagget. I am your host, and today you're listening to episode 72. So today is a solo show, and I want to talk about your health, or rather how to get it back when you get sick, or worse, get some bad news or a bad diagnosis. First, let me give you some background about me and how I view the body and its ability to recover. I've been a chiropractor for 29 years. So I have seen a lot of injuries, a lot of poor health, and a lot of amazing recoveries as well. I was an elite athlete in my youth, and I currently am a high-level athlete now, and I've personally experienced my fair share of injuries. I am and always have been a very healthy person, very health-minded. Because of my athletic background and being a chiropractor and being a mom and the primary doctor for my own children, I have a lot of confidence about my own health, how the body works, and its ability to heal. Because of my absolute knowing about this, I don't get scared when I or someone in my family gets sick. I don't panic because I know that there's huge potential for recovery. I know that all is well and all can be okay. When my kids got sick when they were younger or they broke a bone or they needed stitches, I never freaked out. Even if I felt shock at first because it looked bad, I made sure never to scare them. I know that seeing someone in pain or worse is frightening, but reacting from a scared or doubting position doesn't really ever help. So all they ever saw was a calm and loving mother who assessed the situation, took action calmly and quickly, relieved symptoms as best she could, and created an environment that allowed good rest, good food, and good comfort so that their body could do its job. Same with my patients. They'd come to me often with fear and often with someone else's fear, either another doctor or their family or the media, WebMD. But even though they were fearful, they were also hopeful that someone might tell them something positive. I'm pretty good at convincing others of their wellness. Because I'm so sure of what I know, and I see others as well and whole already, regardless of the state that they're currently in, they sort of pick up on that when they're under my care. And the great majority of the time, they get better. I don't heal anyone. I just help them calm down a bit and give them coaching on how to help themselves. And then I can facilitate in the healing process. I am just a helper. And so right now, I'd like to give you that same coaching and guidance to help you help yourself recover from whatever less than optimal health situation you may be facing now or in the future. The very first thing to having good health is your mindset. If you trust your body's ability to heal on its own and you know how to help it out, like improve your diet, sleep, decrease stress, you are off to a great start. I know that sounds simple, but most people, so many people don't know how to do that. Many people think that there's just a quick fix, meds or surgery or therapy, but those just simply facilitate the healing process as well. You still need to be an active participant in your health. 
You need to be in charge of making sure you put yourself in the best position to heal. So here's the secret sauce. You must decide to get better. That sounds weird, right? Who doesn't want good health? But wanting something is the same as wishing for it. It's passive. A wish doesn't give you any control in getting what you want. It's not on purpose, but many people are kind of addicted to not being well. They just have no idea they're doing it. And there are many reasons people stay in sick mode. For example, they may have grown up surrounded by people who generally did not care for themselves and it just became a normal way of life for them. They don't know any better. Also, there's often a lot of attention one can get if they are sick or weak. It's negative attention, but attention nonetheless. It's an excuse not to excel. The fear of failure or success can be overwhelming. If one is not well, then they don't have to try. It's a reason to say no. How many people have run themselves into the ground to get out of doing something? The people pleasers of the world can relate to this. You want to say no, but you don't want to let anyone down, so you keep going until you break down. You can't get angry at someone who can't do the work because they're sick or injured. Do you see where I'm going with this? Does it resonate with any of you? If it does, that's okay. You are so not alone. Let me say it again. I am a very healthy person with a very healthy mindset, and I've lived the majority of my life that way, but I have been guilty of all of these things I just mentioned. Here's the proof. When I was little, my mom would take us to the doctor whenever we got sick. It was automatic. In my memory, I had frequent earaches and sore throats, allergies, nosebleeds. I felt like I was at the doctor's a lot, and it was very normal to me. Whenever something was weird or out of the ordinary, I went to the doctor. I thought the doctor cured me. I thought it was the meds that returned my health. Then I went away to college, and there was no one to take care of me. My mom was not there at my beck and call. No one cared. I remember lying in my bed, miserable, thinking that I might not make it. What would happen if I didn't have medicine? I could have gone to the health clinic at school, but I didn't know how to do that, and I didn't even consider taking care of myself. So I just laid there and suffered. I did that a few times, and then I started realizing that I was able to recover without intervention. I recovered even though I didn't eat well or take meds or get a shot, nothing. It just happened on its own. As I got further into life, I started to better assess when symptoms occurred. Was it something that I could manage and still continue on with my day, or did I really need rest or some other intervention? Also, it seemed I got sick much less as I got older. Maybe I got sick, but I just didn't consider it worrisome or something I couldn't recover from. So over the years, I just got the idea that I don't get sick. Going on, talking about getting attention, second on the list, I grew up playing tennis. I played three hours a day, six or seven days a week, all year round. My dad was my coach, and it was often very stressful. My mom worked a lot, so she wasn't always around as much as we'd like. And here's a secret that I don't even think I've ever told my mom. She's probably going to find out about that now listening to this show. But when things really got bad with my dad on the courts, I would get sick. Then I would have to stay home, not play tennis, and my mom would take off work and would take care of me. I got her attention. 
so many good reasons to be sick. I remember thinking when the practice sessions got overwhelming, I haven't been sick in a while, or if I were sick, I could get out of this. And sure enough, I would come down with something. I was not aware at that time that I was doing this, but man, the mind is a powerful thing. Third example, avoiding success or failure. I was always a good tennis player, and I was always the biggest fish in my pond. Even the first two years of college, I was MVP and always had been. But more and more good players, younger players, fresher players joined the team, and I found myself having to fight to stay on top. It was uncomfortable, and it was threatening. By my senior year, there were four of us fighting for the number one position. By that time, I had been playing for 16 years, and I was so tired. My wrist became very painful. There was no specific injury. Maybe there was overuse, but we all played a lot. But because my wrists were giving me problems, it was very easy for me to say, my wrists are bad. Just put me at number four. How convenient. And it put me out of the competition for the number one spot. It was a huge relief to play at number four, by the way. I won every match. The pressure was off. And what do you know? My wrist pain disappeared. Again, completely subconscious on my part. I only recognized that this was an escape plan later in my life. By the way, it's okay to back out of competition if it's really not that important to you. Reflecting on it now, it honestly wasn't that important to me. I was done with tennis. But making yourself ill or injured is not the best way to go about that. Okay, lastly, how many of you are people pleasers? How many of you hate to say no because you don't want to let someone down? How many would rather injure themselves than look like they aren't strong enough or can't do it in the eyes of others? I'm raising my hand here. Guilty. I've had trouble saying no for most of my life. I'm an oldest child. I was kind of a role model. I take responsibility very seriously. Also, being dependable and a caregiver are important to me. These things still are, and I like them. But for a long time, my self-worth was tied to being these things for other people. I so wanted to be a hero, be admired, be praised, that I would do so much for this validation. I gave and people took. And I would not say that I was taken advantage of. I had presented myself as someone who could do all this work, who could carry this load and the load of others if necessary, and who seemed to do it competently and cheerfully. This is what I led others to believe. I could do a lot for a long while, but if I was asked if I could do more, I would say yes, even if I couldn't or I didn't want to because I wanted to appear strong. But I was not helping myself. And as the load got too heavy, I could not say or I did not want to say that I was maxed out. So how do you get out of that? Well, the best way is to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You just say no. Another way is to have a health crisis or emotionally break down. When that happens, no one can judge you for not being strong enough to handle the load. It has happened to me, folks, both the emotional breakdown and the health crisis at different times in my life. Yes, I've learned these things from experience. I have seen it in others and in myself. But in recognizing your habits of thought about everything, in this case, your health, 
you can start seeing patterns and experimenting with changing your ways and seeing if you get different results. You do it all the time with everything in your life. Sometimes we get stuck on repeat, but when we get sick of that song, we can decide, there's that word, decide to try a different approach. One's health or lack of it is a trigger for many people. It causes fear and insecurity, which is natural, but so much of that fear is because you don't have knowledge about your body. And because you don't have knowledge, you don't trust it. I'm afraid and intimidated by tax codes and laws. I never bothered to learn about it. I just hand it over to someone else and hope for the best. But the tax gurus have no fear. They know what to do. How wonderful for them. In my case, I don't have any fear about illness or disease. I know and trust in the body's ability to heal itself. So I'd like to share some tips with you that you can do if you find yourself in a health crisis. This is what I would do if I were facing a scary diagnosis or other bad news about my health. First of all, deep breath. Listen to the information, not the delivery. Just because someone inserts their opinion into whatever they're telling you, try not to take it at heart. And it doesn't mean it's 100% going to happen that way. Some people just have bad bedside manner or they're not the most sensitive in the words they choose. So just listen to the information first. Don't panic and take time to process. Number two, take an honest look at how you've been vibrating. Have you been happy and optimistic about your life or have you been hanging out with more negative emotions like depression, anger, resentment, etc.? Have you been neglecting yourself? Yes? Well, change that. You need to turn the ship around. Number three, rather than get online and start looking at all the statistics, which are largely grim when it comes to health scares, I personally would start researching people who have recovered from this issue. Seek out the success stories, no matter how few or rare, and then read and reread all about them. Follow those stats. Number four, surround yourself with people, speakers, healers, information, and books that believe in the body's ability to heal itself. Take in those words. Listen to those who have done it, those who have made the decision to get well and took action to do so. We get swayed by what we listen to. So listen to the winners. Number five, focus on your own previous evidence of when your body was ill or injured and how you recovered from that. You've recovered from things before, so keep remembering that and reliving that proof. Number six, Do your best to surround yourself with things that bring you joy, family, friends, laughter, via company, movies, books, whatever. Try to laugh and be in the best mood you can be as often as you can. Number seven, express your gratitude. Write it all down every day. Home, family, healthcare, your bed, controlled temperature, food, nutrition, medicine, caregivers, hot tea, hot showers, those who care for and check on you. Notice all the good. Write it down, reread it, and feel the gratitude. And number eight, sleep. 
So much repair happens in sleep mode. Your brain and body recover during sleep. You also check out of the fear and pain for a while. It takes the focus away from the problem. Don't be afraid to sleep. Don't be afraid to rest. Let it happen and enjoy it. There is usually a lot of negative momentum that leads to decreased health. Imagine a giant oak tree. It's strong and tall. If you hit it with an axe one time, nothing is going to happen to that tree. You will not injure it at all. But if you strike that same spot over and over again, that tree is eventually going to fall. It's the same thing with your health. I know all of this, but even I need a reminder once in a while. I have not been truly sick, you know, down and out of commission sick in over 20 years. But this summer, I went down hard. I was terribly ill for 18 days and then spent the next six weeks recovering. How did that happen to me, the one who is so confident in her health? Well, I'm human, and humans sometimes get off track. I succumbed to the things I just spoke about. I was careless with my thoughts. I did not tend to my vibration. I allowed myself to become susceptible. There's nothing like a health scare to knock some sense into you, though. So I took the opportunity to reevaluate, reset, and regenerate. That is what prompted this solo show. By sharing with you what I know to be true, I remind myself. Well, that's all I've got to say about that, but that's kind of enough, yeah? I don't share a lot about myself, especially when I'm not at my best, but I hope that it's helped you and it allows you to help others. If you have comments or questions, or if I can help you with anything, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me through my website, howtolife.com. You can access or share this episode by typing in howtolife.com slash 072. I'm wishing you health and joy and peace. So long for now. Have a wonderful week and take good care of yourselves. You really can't help anyone unless you have nourished and cared for yourself first. Wellness abounds. It's always there. We just need to keep ourselves in a state to receive it. You can do it. You're doing great. You got this.